Lauren Smith Fields died on December 12, 2021. She had been on a first date with a man she met on Bumble. His name has not been released. He reported her death to police, but for unknown reasons, he does not appear to be a suspect in her death. Her family feels police are not taking her death seriously and have even paid for their own autopsy. Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How's it going? It's going well. Well, glad to hear it. Yeah. Glad it's going well for someone. (laughs) I I know, not so good on your end, I hear. I had to have a COVID test today, you guys. I have some upper respiratory virus. We don't know if it's the virus or not. It just cracks me up because I've had a million viruses because I have an immune system disease and I get all kinds of stuff. And, you know, there's all these viruses I just get. And then there's the virus. And if it's the the virus, it's a much bigger deal. So anyway, awaiting testing. um, COVID is so bad in our community right now. And we really, we only have one like drive up testing place. Yeah. And uh, you cannot believe the traffic around that place today. It was nuts waiting in this huge long line. And it's nothing like you see the lines in Florida and California and places, huge places. Where, like it's nothing like that. But, right, but just for little, us, old, it is for us. Like in little old Idaho, it's like, holy crap, you know. Mm-hmm. But they were very oh, yeah. efficient. I was really impressed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. man, she jammed that Q-tip clear to my friggin' brain. And I did a, a rapid test and a PCR test. And so she had to do both nostrils twice. Oh, God. And let me tell you, because my sinuses are on fire. That's one reason I think I might have it. Because last time I had it, I had that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so in between, I'm like coughing and choking and sneezing. Oh, and, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I might have COVID. I'm trying not to sneeze on her. You know, she's got her N95 and her gloves on. She's like, you know, I'm sure she's had that a million times, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it was lovely. It was very attractive. I'll tell you. Oh man. It's so bad in our area right now. It's just unreal. In fact, that same lab has a satellite office in my town. And on Friday by about two, they sent out a notice. uh, Don't come because. Our staff has had to go home because they have COVID. And so we are even <laughs> testing this afternoon. If you need a COVID test, please go somewhere else because we can't do it because we all have COVID. So bye-bye. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got a call from my acupuncturist's office. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Don't come on Wednesday because everyone has COVID. And I was like, well, I was going to call you and tell you I'm probably not coming on Wednesday because I might have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Can this be over yet? Oh, never never gonna be friggin' over no anyway no. yeah i'm a little sick and so is Rhonda, but we're not like horrible sick it's just it's a cold yeah but you know we're both vaccinated and i have my booster and mm-hmm. all that jazz um you know but we got to track it for me pretty closely just because of my other crap so yeah for sure yeah 
Well, I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm glad I haven't been around you in about a week. I know. <laughs> well, me too. I didn't really want to be spreading this. So at least we no, caught it before I went anywhere this week. Yeah. Definitely. Well, we need to get started. We've got all kinds of stuff to do. We certainly do. So we're going to kick things off today with an MMI, an MMIW segment from Katie. Yes, we are. All righty. So the MMIW case today is about Caitlin Berry. Caitlin Berry is missing from Sydney, Montana. Sydney, Montana is this teeny, tiny little town in Montana, only 10 miles off of the North Dakota border. Oh, okay. So way east. Yeah. And it is a place, it's very small. It's about 6,000 population. Um, this town is uh, full of oil workers. Mm. And that's important because... One thing we know is that the areas where we have seen the MMIW populations, you know, more missing and murdered Indigenous women, uh, historically have been places where there's a lot of oil activity because yes. it brings so many strangers into town, which is a, a huge worry. Uh, I'm going to share her missing poster so that you can see her beautiful, beautiful girl. Uh so she went missing on the 21st of December. Uh, one concern is that her missing posters say that she is white. She's actually uh, a half Native American, according to her family. And so, uh, you know, it, it's not a big deal because she looks quite white, except for that it is. Because all too often we see people being, uh, you know, misraced, misraced race inappropriately uh, on missing posters. And it does make a big difference, you know, right. and it does. Or well, misgendered. And, misgendered and happens too. And yes, it does. And being indigenous is not necessarily an appearance. Yes. It might be, yes. and maybe it isn't. And maybe it isn't. Yeah. Yep. So this is dear Caitlin. She is about five, four. She was born in 1995 Oh, she's so the same she's age as my son. 24 years old. Yep. And she is, or 23 years old. She is 100 pounds. She has brown hair that's just about shoulder length. She's teeny. Mm -hmm. Teeny tiny. So the day that she went missing, she walked out of her apartment. She didn't drive, but she frequently would walk down the road to uh, a gas station that she liked to frequent. And so on this day, uh, her family thinks that she walked down to the gas station. It's a concern because to get to the gas station, you had to, from her house, she had to walk through a truck stop uh, parking lot. Oh. So she had to walk through where all the trucks are parked. Right. And that's a worry. You know, that's a worry. The fact that it's an oil town is a worry. Her phone is at home. Her jacket was at home. Ooh. And her, yeah. And you know, it has been so cold up there. Like it it's has. been negative 30 with wind chill or more yeah. uh, for the better part of the last month. It's been horribly cold in that area, yeah. which is more of the reason for her family to be scared to death, you know? Right. 
So yeah, wallet, phone, and medication all left in the apartment. Mm. So her town has really come together to help look for her. Law enforcement is doing everything they can think of, but she has literally just vanished. Her family did finally get an interview on Dateline, uh, but there's just, they're not getting much in leads. There's just not much coming through. So I just wanted to shine a spotlight on Caitlin's case and show you her face. Yeah. So again, this is Caitlin Berry. And obviously, if you were to know anything, her family is offering a $10,000 reward for her safe return. And you could contact any law enforcement if you know anything, and they can help get you in contact with who you need to be in contact with. Right. They have a Facebook page called Bring Caitlin Berry Home. And that's a really good way to connect with her family and with her case. And so, you know, if you are interested in that, go and follow so that you can help be a part of the solution for Caitlin. But it is, it's really important to mention that uh, she does come from a town where there is a lot of oil activity because that's, that could be a huge clue. Uh, and then of course, also her uh, walking through that uh, semi-truck parking lot, I think is a huge concern because she Ooh. was very small and wouldn't be hard there to There were a lot of like all. sleepers park there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing that we know is that the biggest serial killer threat in the U.S. is truckers. And I don't yeah. mean that all truckers are serial killers, no. but it is very much an issue that we have yeah. men, particularly crisscrossing the country, mm -hmm. you know, in, in these basically perfect situations. Yeah for a serial killer and it's believed that there are many active serial killers who are working mm -hmm. as truckers right now yeah yeah oh yikes yeah this is a tough one so we will keep an eye on it and of course all the love and support to caitlin's family uh this is a terrifying time for them and just really really hope that she's found yeah yeah so Most christy uh, i'm going to turn the mic back over to you for our main case Yes. So our main, main case today is Lauren Smith Fields. And you may or may not have heard, have heard of Lauren's case. Um, likely you haven't, which is very frustrating yeah. um, because this should have been all over the news. And just mm -hmm. like Caitlin Berry should have been all over the news. Yeah. Hasn't been. Okay. So Lauren Smith Fields, she's from Bridgeport, Connecticut. On the 12th of December, she had a date with a white man. Uh, Lauren is black. She had a date with what I believe she described to family as an older white man mm -hmm. that she had met on Bumble. This was mm -hmm. her first date with this person. Um, she was later found unresponsive inside her apartment and died. This man apparently reported her death to the police. Now, all I can say is man because his name has not been released. We don't mm -hmm. even know who this guy is. No. Which I think is weird. Very weird. The police immediately, on the day of her death, ruled him out yep. as being a suspect. Even though he was the last person to see her alive. Now, Well, in fact, did they not say... That they just didn't think it could be him because he was a really nice guy. 
That's what her brother reports. Now, the police have not said anything about this guy. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't, none of this adds up. There are a lot of things that don't add up about this story. And I'll tell you that this is one of those cases where I go looking for information. And what I find is just the same information regurgitated on multiple news sources and Mm -hmm. this is a this is such a problem and we're going to talk about you know this is sort of the uh the opposite of the gabby petito response you know nobody's reporting on this nobody's doing independent reporting nobody has dug up this guy's name which i bet they could if they tried Mm -hmm. we need to know more either He reported her dead and she wasn't actually dead because her family found her unresponsive and got the paramedics there. And then she died or Mm -hmm. he thought she was dead. I can't tell because there are some there are some uh, the reports are very similar, but slightly different. I don't know why he reported to police that she had died when she, in fact, wasn't dead. Mm -hmm. She did die. Yeah. But she died after her family found her in her apartment and and um, paramedics were called. And in one article, she died at the hospital. And in a couple of other articles, she, she like died at her home when the after the paramedics came. A lot of questionable, a lot of questions here. I have more questions mm-hmm. than answers. But I want to bring this up because there's a lot of uh, very concerned people her family especially especially and the news that is reporting on this is why is this white man being protected yeah if he really didn't do anything why don't we know who he is yeah if he's just the good samaritan who reported her dead even though she wasn't at that time uh, none of this it doesn't make any sense no so there were questions about the autopsy Mm-hmm. And so her family had an independent autopsy done. The results of both autopsies have not been released, but I will tell you this. She was an athlete in high school, all through high school. She's now in cosmetology school. And one of the statements that her dad made after the independent autopsy is one thing I know about my daughter is that she did not use drugs. So this is my supposition that the autopsies have found drugs in her system. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is trying to be pushed off as an overdose. Would be got some questions there because I wasn't a lot. yeah why her dad would say that mm-hmm. when nothing has been released. So he knows something. Yes, he knows something. But the bottom line is, this twenty-three-year-old young woman died yeah. after a date with this man, mm-hmm. and he's being protected by the police why don't we know who this guy is why is his name not public isn't it weird don't you find that strange i find it very strange also just the mere fact that her family was so uncomfortable with what has or hasn't been done that they felt like they had to have their own autopsy performed yeah you know part of the problem that we're seeing right now in these attempts to protect perpetrators is that we aren't playing that way anymore. Families have gotten Mm -hmm. wise to this. They also have more money than they used to Mm -hmm. and are happy to pool resources, are happy to do a GoFundMe. There are just way too many of all of us out there these days that aren't willing to allow this shit anymore. 
Right. And I feel like that's where we keep seeing the walls coming down. This isn't a, a new story. These are old stories. This has happened a million times. Right. It's this is just the same that, shit, different decade. Absolutely. It's just that families are much more able to fight back now than they used to be with a whole right. lot more support. Right. And that's what's happening here. Um, the family has reported that they, they feel very uncomfortable about the way that they've been treated, that they've Mm -hmm. been treated very, um, dismissively, Mm -hmm. um, by, by the detective on this case. They have been working with a city council member over it. Mm -hmm. Um, Lauren's mom sent an email to the police with, here are all of my concerns. Here are all of my questions. Uh That email has Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline not been responded to mm-hmm. like th- this family's just being treated like their daughter did not matter at all yep they're just and gonna try to ignore the this away, white man who work. was the last person to see her alive mm-hmm. is being protected and it's mm-hmm. bullshit mm-hmm. it's absolute bullshit lauren deserves justice her family deserves justice Absolutely. her community deserves justice who is this guy and how do they just magically know as soon as they meet his white face mm-hmm. that he's not involved? Yeah. Right. And, and, and why I, all of this is so confusing to me and, and some of this is just the way that it's reported. There's not enough information out there. Mm-hmm. Why did he report to the police that she was dead when she wasn't? Well, and why didn't he call the paramedics? Yeah. If something was wrong with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, this, this is all really, really this fishy. Smacks of many other cases that we've seen mm-hmm. where somebody waits till they're pretty sure somebody's dead and then they just report him as dead and that they tried and couldn't help them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Alex Cox comes That's to mind. Exactly what I was thinking. But about. it is all very yeah. strange. Like, why would you report to the police? Why would you not immediately, if you thought someone was dying, be calling mm-hmm. the paramedics? Well, they didn't and even call the paramedics. Trying to help them. Her family called the paramedics. Her family yeah. found her unresponsive in her apartment and called the paramedics. So, yeah. what was this guy reporting to the police about? Right. And why? Yeah, none of this makes sense and to me. Where the why hell was the police? Yeah, where were the police? And why didn't anybody, why didn't the police send the paramedics to this house? I mean, like, mm-hmm. there, I have so many questions. Like, none of what should have happened in mm-hmm. this situation has happened. Yep. And how do you just magically know that this guy is not involved on mm-hmm. day one? How yep. do you know that? There's no he's way just you know that. He's super innocent, guys. He's nice. He's super he's innocent. Just, he's just this super nice white guy, you know? And mm-hmm. white guys don't kill women. Oh, oh my God. It's probably an effing serial killer killing people on Bumble. You know, like, come on, right? please. Get a clue. So, of course, there's been a huge um, uproar about Lauren's case on TikTok. But there really hasn't been anywhere else. And so mm-hmm. it's time for... 
all of us to get loud about this situation because Mm -hmm. this deserves way more press than it is getting. Yeah. And I want to know what the hell. And they say, you know, that they're diligently investigating this, but they sure haven't treated this case like they were. And they didn't treat it like it was a concern from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, like, why did no one call the paramedics and send them to this house? Right. Right. Because they thought she was dead. Why wouldn't you make sure? Also, do you just not care? I I, don't know. Even if they had received a report that she was dead, the police should have been there. They They should should have been there with a medical examiner at the very least. Right. Yeah. And eventually, I guess they were. I don't know. I mean, the whole timeline is not out there that I can find. It's not clear. But I don't understand how this man reported her death to the police when she wasn't dead until her family found her. And why did he not call the paramedics? I mean, Mm -hmm. to me, that is immediately sketchy. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's all very suspect. Clearly, her family's been, you know, instructed not to uh, say too much too soon or whatever, you know. I, uh... I imagine so. But, but it really also seems like they don't have a lot of answers themselves. They don't. They don't. And they're just desperate, you know. And I do question if that second autopsy did show some drugs in her system. Okay, well, how'd they get there? You know, there's lots mm-hmm. of ways for drugs to get in a person's system. And if she wasn't known to be a person who used drugs, mm-hmm. then, and what drugs were they? Because drugs is a very, you know, broad mm-hmm. spectrum of things. How did the drugs get into her system? What were they? Mm-hmm. You know, are we talking like, you know, overdose levels? Mm-hmm. Well, so she goes on a date with a guy on Bumble and then overdoses. Mm-hmm. This young woman yeah. who's, you know, going to cosmetology school and has been, you know, very active in sports all through high school and is mm-hmm. obviously has living no her life. no history of drug abuse. Yeah, no history yeah, of, none of this, anything this like that. Track. No. no, it does not. None of it tracks. So this is obviously our first covering of the Lauren Smithfield's Mm -hmm. case. And please do not come for us if we got some of this wrong, because I'll tell you what. There's so little out there about this case. And all we can report on are things that are publicly reported. Okay. If you think you know something because you know somebody's cousins, sisters, aunts, uncles, whatever. That stuff isn't. Those are opinions those are rumors we don't report on that kind of stuff until we know this is just the stuff that's been reported publicly we want to know more and we may be reaching out to her family to get more information at this point but you know just recognize that we're doing what we can with the information that we have yeah and we're going to continue to watch this case because this case this case is a very good example of the problems with racial inequality and the way the police handle cases. If she were white and he were black, do you think that this would be going the same way? No. Because his name and face would be plastered all over the friggin' news. You mm-hmm. know it would. You think mm-hmm. about it for five seconds. But he also wouldn't have gotten away with this nice guy routine that, oh, he's a nice dude. He didn't. There's no way. No. Right? Yeah. That wouldn't no. have worked. Wouldn't have worked. No. No. So we're going to keep talking about Lauren Smith Fields. Yeah. uh, And we're going to, you know, help do the best we can to help you know what what is happening. Yeah. And help her family get to the bottom of all of this. Because Mm -hmm. what the hell? Yeah. 
Okay. Well, uh, our final segment tonight, you will all be thrilled to hear, is an O Idaho case. Hmm. Oh, Idaho. This one really gets to me. This perverted pile of waste, wasteful flesh. I don't even have it. I had something. <laughs> I, it's gone. How <laughs> about just even... this disgusting pervert right here? His name is Cody Pilatus. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cody's name has come up too many times in this area. Yeah. Too many times, Idaho. Local to us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cody's also known as the Sunday Bandit. Why? Well, because Cody has been known to, quite a few times now, break into his neighbor's homes while they were at church and masturbate on their teenage daughter's clothing, particularly their underwear, on their beds. And if you're disgusted, so am I. This yeah. has happened a bunch of times. But Let this me tell you, keeps doing more shit. This has all happened out in Salem, within a mile or two, or right in the very vicinity of Chad Daybell's house. Yes. Same area, same people, mm-hmm. same everything, except for that he's not connected to Chad that we know of, but Cody's been pulling this shit for a while, right. and neighbors had called the police lots of times, really didn't get a good response, finally to catch him. A family put up a hidden camera and got direct footage of Cody pulling his same routine in their daughter's bedroom. Gross. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Cody has finally, finally been sentenced with something lasting. It just finally happened. Apparently, over the summer, Cody went to the Warm Slough which is a popular place to camp and boat. It's one of our favorite places in the world. We're, we're there quite it a bit is. in the summer. He walked up to three sweet little girls that were catching frogs and exposed himself to them. Full frontal. Three little children. This is as close that we know that Cody has gotten to actually physically sexually assaulting someone, but mm-hmm. he just keeps escalating. That we know of. That we know of. Yep. So he... They ran and told their mom that this boy had showed them his stuff. Mm-hmm. So mom confronted him and he said, oh, that didn't, no, no, I didn't, I would never do that. And she just went, why would my kids say that? So right. she got his license plate number and she called the sheriff and the sheriff ran the plates and went, oh God, <laughs> it's Cody Pilatus again. Mm-hmm. So they went and arrested Cody and Cody was in front of guess who? Judge Boyce today. Oh, <laughs> well, good. same players, bro. Different case, right? Mm-hmm. So he's in front of Judge Boyce today for sentencing. And he did admit to this one. He said that he did do it. He said, I did willfully expose myself with the intent for somebody else to see it. They made another deal. I love Rob Wood and the Madison county prosecutor's office except for in the case of cody pilatus who they have been way way too easy on well yeah now, not they not see the escalation happening here not all of his charges have been in madison some of them have been in fremont right but still i mean come on 
So I just want to give you a rundown of Cody over the years. In 2014, he had trespassing charges because he was found in the Rexburg Kmart dressing room after hours, after the store had closed, doing some unsavory things with women's clothing. I think we all know what. Uh, yeah. In 2016, unlawful entry and probation violation after a teenage girl stayed homesick from church and found Pilatus lurking around in her home. And he this said is he, just trespassing? What happened to breaking and entering? Yeah. And he actually told the courts, I went in and intended to masturbate and leave. I did not intend on taking anything. Oh, well, that makes it all okay then, Cody. So much better. What the hell? Again in 2016, arrested for indecent exposure. After he was caught, <laughs> this one kills me. Apparently, he had been pulling up to a surgical center in Rexburg to use their internet and was sitting in his car watching porn and masturbating. Oh, for hell's sakes. And apparently he'd been doing this for a while and they finally called the police and they caught him. And he had women's underwear in the vehicle and they're not quite sure where he got it because, you know, he'd been sneaking into people's houses and stealing their underpants. So they don't know. Oh, for hell's sake. Then in 2018... A woman returns from church and catches him in her home. And her daughter's bed was disheveled and they weren't really sure why he was in there. I think we know. Mm, pretty sure. He told her that his animals had recently died and he just came to her house to play with her animals. He was charged with misdemeanor uh. unlawful entry. Yeah, do what with her animals? I'd like to know. I, sorry, what? but I'm not trusting Cody. No. Yeah. God. He actually did a little jail time at this point. Then in 2019, he pleaded guilty to misdemeanor petty theft. Yet another misdemeanor. And now, finally, this time he's getting felony indecent exposure charges. Is They've recommended a writer, so he'll do one year in prison. And he will have to finally register as a sex offender. Well, but, finally, and they really ought to be doing an assessment on him because he is mm -hmm. high risk. He is headed for way worse. They have recommended a psychosexual, uh, yeah, evaluation of him. It's not the first one, though. He's had them. He's had one, or at least one that we know of over the years. But yes, he's just escalating higher and higher and higher. And every time it comes up, everyone goes, oh, it's the Sunday bandit. Uh, when is he the Sunday serial rapist? Because we're headed yeah. there. Yeah. What in the hell, Idaho? At least he has to register as a sex offender now. But when you wonder why Idaho has such a problem with sex crimes, this is why. This is exactly why. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, Idaho. Yikes. Oh, why am I so pissed right now? All three of these <laughs> cases. What the hell? You know? Mm-hmm. The, the things that get prioritized. Well, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just kind of a running joke in Idaho that you are much higher at risk for going to prison for marijuana than you are for sexual assault in this state. Oh, yeah. And that is absolutely true. Yeah. Um, which, really? What yep. are the priorities? What are our priorities? Mm. The wrong ones, that's what. All three of these cases are showing us how poor... The, pro the priorities are in our criminal justice system. A hundred percent. But you yep. guys know what you can do to help, and that is to like, subscribe, and share.
and then become aware of what is happening in your own community. Do you live in Bridgeport, Connecticut? Did you know about Lauren Smithfield's case? Or do you live in Connecticut at all? Right. And did you know about Did you know about this case? And if you didn't, you ought to be asking your local media, why not? Mm-hmm. Because this needs way more coverage and we need way more information. Yep. Way, way more information. And mm-hmm. obviously things are not going the way that they should. And you know how you know how they get attention? It's social media, you guys. We know it. We've mm-hmm. seen it happen, you know. And the reason that we know about Lauren's case is social media. It is TikTok. Yeah. And so, you know, like, subscribe, share, do do your part here. Yeah. And then if you live in the communities where these cases are, you get a hold of your local um, police department. Get a hold of your local media. Find mm-hmm. out what's being done. Yep. Register your concerns, you know? Yeah. Yep. Make we, noise. We, we got to make noise about all of this shit because... Yep. None of this is okay. None of it. Yep. And of course, go over and check out our little missing friend over here. Go over to yes. Caitlin Berry's page and like it. Share her missing persons fl- flyer. You yes. never know. Somebody right. knows something. As always, someone knows yep. something. Now, don't forget, tonight is not the cold read party. It has been moved to the third Tuesday of the month. So you can expect that coming up next week, next Tuesday night. Yes. Absolutely. We will be back tomorrow with another new case. Mm -hmm. And, well, another three new cases. Because now every episode you get three instead of one. Now, Mm -hmm. did you have any idea we were going to triple the number of cases that we cover a week? In season three? Well, season three. Three cases. But I don't know. I don't want to set a precedent because I don't think there'll be four cases for season four. But I guess (laughs) never say never. We're in season 12 (laughs) and every episode, you know, every every episode's like three hours long. No, it's not going to happen that way every time. Um, (laughs) However, we will be back Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain for case updates. And there are some doozies this week. Speaking of things to be pissed about, there's stuff coming. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we'll be back on Thursday night at 7 p.m. Mountain with the Psychic Hour. Yes. So, as always, thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Like, subscribe, share, comment. Become part of the conversation. Yes. And you know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Have a great night or day or whatever time it is where you are. (laughs) (laughs) Take care. 